Your social life, and especially your social skills, are a fundamental part of attracting a life partner. In this episode, you'll learn about the two biggest dangers we face in our social lives. You'll learn how to create a social life if yours is lacking. But most importantly, I'm going to talk about the two critical social skills you must have if you want to attract your life partner in 2024. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, there is gold in this episode for you. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Well, we are basically right in the middle of a series of podcasts that I've been telling you about that I am so excited to engage in. I feel like my New Year's resolution, and I'm sticking with it, even though we're three weeks past the New Year, (laughs) my New Year's resolution is I'm going to do everything within my power to see that you Find the love of your life in 2024. And the first part of that is that I'm doing this series of podcasts. I'm calling it The Pursuit of Intimacy. You know, like a a complete makeover and a practical guide on how to find your life partner in 2024. And I mean that literally. I am trying to be as practical as possible and offering to you like a complete makeover, like looking at every aspect of your life that can impact your ability to connect with someone in a healthy way. I want to look at every single area and give you some pointers, give you some things to think about and ask you, do any or all of those areas of your life need a makeover? And so in that process, I've been trying to give you practical things to do and to think about. And it's all in this effort to help you find a partner, to help you get results, to help you end the search and actually live the dream, I guess, if we could be a little dramatic about it. So that's where my heart is in this series of podcasts. And so far... In week number one of this that came out January 1st, I talked to you about your physical presentation and I offered some ideas about giving yourself a physical presentation makeover. And then last week we talked about your your passion, kind of your purpose, kind of discovering things that make you feel alive, that make you feel like you're, you know, like you're. You, you, you found your reason for being here, ways of expressing yourself, interests, you know, that, that just help you live a life with passion. And the whole idea was that you want to be your most attractive physical self, right? That was week one. And then you want to be your most 
attractive, how can we say, non-physical self, you, 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 sort of the, the energetics of who you are, being attractive in sort of the way you move in the world, the energy you carry, which is really about, you know, knowing why you're here, knowing what your life is about. When you know that, you become sort of energetically attractive. Okay, so we talked about doing a makeover physically and then kind of uh, in your energetics. This week, we are going to talk about your social life. And right there, I just, I just, I just, I kind of want to say playfully is anyone listening? Is there anybody out there listening to this episode? (laughs) Because I have been worried about this episode. You know, as a podcaster, you want to come up with titles and topics that people are like, oh, I really want to learn about that. I want to hear what Roy might have to say about that one. And I feel like people might have felt interested in the physical presentation one. They might have been interested in this idea of living life with passion. But I kind of think like with this social thing, I might lose everybody. Because I think people fall in two camps here. Either you already are a social animal, like your life of the party, you're an extrovert, you have a ton of friends, your calendar is full with doing things with people and going places, and you're like, I don't need no social makeover. I got that part of my life handled. So I'm worried that those people are not listening. And then there's the other part, the people that feel like, you know, I'm not a social animal. I'm an introvert. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't want to have a lot of friends. I don't want to be the life of the party. I don't want to have my schedule full and be going places and doing things. And I like living a very kind of quiet life. I like my privacy. I like some solitude. So, you know, uh, so I'm afraid those people are not listening. So is anybody out there? (laughs) Now, if for whatever reason, if you fall in one of those two camps and you're still here, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited that you're still here. Because what I'm going to share is going to speak to both of those groups. If you're the social animal, I'm going to give you some things to think about because you might still need a social makeover even though you're very socially active. And if you're not very socially active and you're an introvert, I am not going to try to change you into an extrovert. I am not going to try to make you pack your schedule full of stuff and live a life that you're just not comfortable with. But I'm still going to offer you some things to help in your social life because let's just let's just say it very practically. If you never leave your house, you're going to stay single. Unless you get lucky with your Amazon delivery guy or, or something like that, right? I mean... So at some point, if you want to meet someone special, you're going to have to leave your house. You're going to have to get out there in some way. 
Now, the point I'm making is you don't have to get out there like that party animal type person, that extrovert, I love people, I can't stand being alone, I got to keep my schedule full. So wherever you fall and however you see yourself in the social realm, you're going to get something out of this podcast. And so I hope that you have tuned in. If, if you haven't, well, then you're not here and I'm just talking to the walls, <laughs> which is okay. Um, now, before I do that, I want to point out I'm making a change on the fly. See, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, this series started out by me saying it was going to be a six-part series. Well, I thought of another major area that we need to talk about, and so it's now a seven-part series. Okay? The, 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 the rundown has been physical presentation and then our purpose. Today, social, our social lives. We're going to talk about our personalities. Maybe we need some personality makeover. Then we're going to talk about confidence. We're going to talk about getting a confidence makeover. Very important. These are all things that I really have never talked about on this podcast. And like I said, I think in week one, I may have done you a disservice by not talking about the elephant in the room. Some of these obvious issues that are very important that for whatever reason, I have not talked about. So we're going to do that. So we're going to talk about your confidence. And then I'm adding uh, a discussion of what I would call your emotional availability or lack thereof. Okay. Now, I don't want to spill the beans too much, but I know there's a group of people out there. They're usually women who feel like they are very emotionally available and the men are not. Okay, there's that dynamic. And then there are people that feel, regardless of their gender, I really want a relationship. I mean, I'm, gosh, I'm the definition of emotional availability. Um, or there are people that realize that they can be a little closed, that they can be uh, a little bit difficult to get to know, that they could have some commitment issues or something like that that might make it difficult for people to get in and get close. So we're going to we're going to talk about that because there's a lot more to be said about it and a lot of times those of us I put myself in this camp there was a time in my life when I was single and I was online and I was looking for partners I would have told you that I am as emotionally available as you can get because I was so much wanting a partner, but I really wasn't emotionally available. Not when you begin to understand what it really means. Just because you want a relationship does not mean you're emotionally available. Okay. So that's going to be part number six. And then we're going to wrap up on Valentine's day or just before the podcast comes out, the last part of this series, and talk about your strategy makeover. Okay, we're going to get into the, like, what do I, now that i am got all these podcasts under my belt, now that I've done my makeover, okay, what do I do? Okay, what's my strategy for meeting someone in 2024? So that's where we're going, and that's the first change I wanted to let you know about 
was that it's a seven-part series and not a six-part. Now, secondly, before we jump into the social thing, very, very quickly, two weeks ago, I mentioned this thing I call Online Relationship Boot Camp. This is kind of part two of my wanting to help you find a partner and doing everything I can to, to, to make that happen for you. We have all these podcasts called The Pursuit of Intimacy. And then I'm doing a group coaching program. It starts Monday night, February 19th. We're doing it via Zoom. It's going to be limited to about 15 people. It's going to take place over six consecutive Monday nights. Again, beginning on February 19th. Okay, so it's going to be a tremendous opportunity to take the things that we're talking about here and some other things I have planned and continue to get you in relationship shape. That's why I call it a boot camp, like there's going to be some hardcore training. We're going to go deep. We're going to get very specific and we're going to explore the issues that we need to work on to make ourselves really ready for someone special. So I want to know, are you perhaps interested in a group coaching program? You know, it's got all the benefits of, well, not all, but most of the benefits of private coaching for a fraction of the cost, okay? The group thing costs $499, okay? And for just that amount of money, because I probably should double it, but I just don't know if people would want to invest $1,000, What you're going to get is the six one-hour group sessions. I'll have some teaching parts. There'll be discussion. There'll be Q&A, be a little homework, okay? So there's the six-hour, six one-hour group sessions. And then here's a change. There's going to be three half-hour sessions individually, privately with me during the six weeks. Originally, I said there were two. That's not right. There's going to be three. So in addition to the six group sessions, you get three private, just me and you, three half-hour coaching sessions during the six weeks. Tremendous opportunity there. And then you get a copy of my book. Okay? And so in this group, we are going to explore the issues you need to work on to kind of get ready for something real, right? We got to clear away some things to make room for a new relationship. So we're going to do some some inner clearing away, you could say. Then in the group things, we're going to talk about how to make that initial connection, right? how to find someone, how to find the connection. And then we're going to talk about once you have that connection, how do I, how do I have it grow into something special? Okay, the three phases of a relationship. You got to do the work within yourself Then you got to meet someone and then you got to take it toward intimacy. So you're going to get training on all of that. And all of that is $499. Okay. Now mailings have been going out already. If you're on my mailing list, you've been hearing about it. In the mailings, there are links, you know, to register, to get more information. But I can just tell you right now, if you go to coachingwithroy.com, my website, coachingwithroy.com. On the menu bar, there's a tab that says boot camps. Click on that, takes you right to the page that tells you all about 
the entire program, everything that's involved. There's a registration button there, all of that. So that's my two-pronged attempt to give you all the information and all the encouragement and all the love and support I can, can bring you so that you meet your life partner in 2024. Okay? So, boy, I want to... People have already registered for this. This is a small group. So you better jump on this quick. Okay? I'm probably not going to talk about this again until maybe week five of this uh, seven-part series. So I'm not going to talk about it next week. I don't want to overwhelm everybody with it. Um, But this might be the difference in your love life by getting involved in this group. Okay? All right. Enough of that. Now, let's talk about our social lives. And I just want to say, you know, it's amazing. And maybe you've experienced this in your life. You know, when you, when you're going to do something, it's amazing. Sometimes all of a sudden you hear people talking about the subject and that's what's happened to me. As soon as I started, I finished the conversation on our, our purpose and I started to get my, my mind mulling over, what am I going to say about our social lives and, and how can we experience a social makeover? All of a sudden, I started seeing stories about this very topic on television. My son sent me something. It, it's sort of like if you're ever in the market to like buy a car or something, all of a sudden you start noticing cars right? Because it's on your mind. You start seeing cars, you start noticing colors. Oh, do I like that? Right? Because it's just in your consciousness. And that's kind of what's happened. Let me tell you two quick things. The first thing, my son just out of the blue sent me a link to a, about a 16 minute video on YouTube. Um, I think it was called Film theory? I don't know. I have the link, so I can send it to you if you want it. Just send me an email and I'll send it to you after I describe it here. But this this guy was making the point about how isolated we feel these days and how alienated and how divided we are as a people and how fragmented we are. And his perspective was that one of the reasons for it is because we have all these social media channels and all these different sources of entertainment. Like there's podcasts and blogs and videos and, you know, um, a thousand different channels on television and, you know, all these different influencers out there in the world and content creators So he was saying, you know, like not long ago, maybe 20, 25 years ago, we didn't have those options. So when something was happening in the culture, it was like we were all experiencing it at the same time. So he gave examples like the last episode of Seinfeld, uh, the last episode of Friends, the last episode of an old TV show called MASH. These, These episodes had numbers of people viewing them that are unbelievably unheard of nowadays. We're talking 50 to 80 million people watched 
the last episode of Friends or Seinfeld. I think MASH still, it was like 83 million people watched the last episode of MASH, right? And his point was, it was, we all, it was like the only option. And it's like the whole country, the whole world was sort of paying attention to it. So we had this shared conversation. Did you see the last episode? What'd you think of it? And you knew that when you brought up something that you were watching, you knew everybody else had seen it, right? When you have a conversation around the water cooler at work, you're bringing up something that everybody's familiar with. But he said, nowadays, you might be seeing something that's getting a lot of views and a lot of clicks and different things, but there's a really good chance that nobody sees it, that hardly anybody is watching what you're watching. So he was making the point that we're all watching different things and there's no commonality. There's no cultural connection. And I thought that was really insightful. I I think it's not the total reason that loneliness and, and alienation and separation are on the rise, but I think it's a critical component. It's a little bit like the Super Bowl, which is coming up in a few weeks. That's kind of the one remaining thing that you pretty much know everybody's watching this. Even if people hate football, they're going to a Super Bowl party. You know, they're, they might not want to watch the game, but they're going because all the friends are there, the family are there, and they're going to know something about it, right? So it's like the whole country, and, and I guess really even the whole world gets tuned into that, or like the World Cup every four years in soccer. It's like all of a sudden we become one. All of a sudden there's like we're connected because we're having a, a shared experience. But with nowadays, that's about the only thing that does that. And so it adds to this feeling of what I'm experiencing, what I'm watching, what's touching me, what's interesting to me. Gosh, I don't know anybody else who's watching this. I don't know really anybody else who's who's into that. And it can make us feel even more separate. So if you want the link to that thing, just send me an email, Roy at coachingwithroy.com. I'll send it to you. But that was interesting. Um, and then I'm recording this podcast like January 2nd, Okay. So on New Year's Day, I turn on the TV, I flip it over to CNN, and they're doing a story on loneliness. They had some senator, I forget where he was from, but he was talking about how disconnected the country is and how loneliness, the research is showing loneliness is on the rise, and kind of feeling alienated and separate and disconnected are on the rise. And I'm sitting there watching like, this is amazing that they're talking about this because I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow on it. Um, And it sort of brings me to say that I think this, the whole social media experiment has largely failed. I think when Mark Zuckerberg started all this with Facebook, I think it was 2003, he was in college and I, I think he wanted to make a way for college students to kind of interact with each other, to be social, right? To 
connect. And maybe for a while it did that. But I think social media now is anything but creating social connections. In fact, I can make a case that the the rise of social media and the various platforms from Instagram to TikTok to Twitter or X or Facebook, they are contributing to our isolation more than actually making us feel more connected. So, you know, it's like, you know this, you've heard all about this. We have our face stuck on our phone all day. We walk down the street. There's always funny videos you can watch online, ironically, um, where somebody just walks into traffic or stumbles over a curb because their face is in their phone and they trip and they fall. It's like we're living with our heads down in our phone and we're not seeing people. We don't make eye contact anymore. We're, we're, we're not noticing people because we're in our phone. And I'm as guilty of this as anyone. But these damn phones, they don't listen to you. They're not there to give you a hug when you need one. They're not there to understand a problem you're having. They're not there to be present with you to know that you're not alone. It's an inanimate object. And it's not a person. It's not a community. It's a phone. And it's like so much of our social lives are taking place through the phone. And it's like, I don't think we have a social life if it's going on in the phone. Oh, you have people that follow you and you follow others and you respond to their comments and stuff like that. But I, I'm just here to tell you the research that's been coming out recently is that the number of people who feel lonely is skyrocketing. The number of people who feel alienated and separate and unseen is going up even though social media platforms are as big and as popular as ever. And so... That's a problem. So when we're talking about our social makeover here, I kind of, what we're really talking about is loneliness. We're really talking about connecting. We're really talking about feeling a part of, belonging to. Because regardless of whether we're introverted or extroverted, I think there is a normal human desire to want to belong to, to be a part of, to be connected. I think there's a general instinct away from isolation. Now, yes, I know there are monks that go live in the Himalayas and in a cave and meditate for 10 years and that kind of thing. But those are outliers. Most of us don't like being isolated and separate. Yeah, we might be introverted, so we like a lot of our alone time. But we don't really want to be totally alone and be like, what was that Tom Hanks movie, uh, Wilson, where he's on that deserted island and he makes friends with his soccer ball? You know, so um, I think most of us 
look at that. Maybe after the holidays, <laughs> some of us are saying, oh, I'd love to be Wilson. <laughs> I've had my fill of holiday parties and family and get-togethers and all that other crap. I'd love to go be on an island by myself. But you know what I mean. When you start to really think about being stranded like that, oh, my God, right? Um, that would just be horrible. So this loneliness thing is an epidemic. And so that's why I want to I want to spend some time uh, on this social thing. And the where I want to really where I want to jump in here is I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about what I call the social danger. I want to talk about your social life. And I want to talk about your social skills. Okay? So the social danger. There's two dangers here when we talk about your social life. In regards to attracting a life partner. Okay, that the conversation here is about your social life and how it is a part of, a necessary part of, and kind of an intrinsic part of you attracting a life partner in 2024. So as we talk about this, in regard to you attracting a partner, there's two dangers. The danger is, is that you're, the first one is that you're so overly social, so overly committed, got so many friends, doing so many things, involved in so many activities, that it's like, I swear to God, if I met someone, I don't even know where they'd fit in my schedule. I, I got so much going on. I'm working. I've got kids. I've got all these friends. I'm doing this and that and this and that. And I, my schedule, if I met somebody right now, they're like, I want to take you out to dinner on Friday night. You'd have to say, God, it'd be about Easter before I have a night free. Well, how do you how do you meet someone special in 2024 if there's no room in your life for them? I have mentioned this before. Like, when you fall in love with someone, they fall in love with you. I mean, when you really meet someone, it's like, oh my God, I mean, I really enjoy their company. I love their energy. I I just want to see them. I, I want to spend time with them. Well, when you're going to spend time with them, if your social life is so busy, something's got to give, right? You're going to have to stop doing something to put this new person in that slot, <laughs> okay? So I think there's a percentage of us, and I don't think it's a really, really high, but there's a percentage of us where you might be sabotaging your love life because you're not really available. I don't mean emotionally available. You're so busy. You got so much going on that you don't even have time to date almost. Right now, a lot of us create lives that are so busy because we're lonely, because that nothing time on our schedule, those empty slots terrify us. And, and so because we're so afraid of being alone and being lonely, we keep ourselves so busy, but then in so doing, we almost shoot ourselves in the foot from being able to carve out real time for someone, to make real room in our lives for them. So that's the first thing I just want to ask, you know, you might need to do a makeover on your schedule or at least be able to tell me, Okay, Roy, I've got a pretty full life. 
But if I met someone, oh, I can tell you right now, here are five things I drop in a second. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do go there. I wouldn't be with those people. I would cut out that. And that person could come right into my life, baby. I got plenty of time for them. So I, I am busy because I don't want to sit around doing nothing. But I know exactly what I would cut out of my life to make room for a person that I was really wanting to get to know and spend a lot of time with. Okay? So that may be the first thing you need to think about. But I don't know if that is the biggest group out there. The second danger is that we so lack a social life that it creates a special problem. Now, follow me here because this is where I think most of you are going to be able to maybe resonate with this. When we don't have much of a social life, when we don't have a lot of things on our calendar, when we don't have a lot of friends, I mean, I, I do talk to clients sometimes and they want to find a partner and I say, you know, tell me a little bit about your, your friendships, your social life. Well, really don't have any really close friends. I, I don't really do anything with anyone. I mean, I have, I'm a single mother or a single father and so I, I, I do stuff with my kids and I have my job. Um, but, you know, that's kind of it, you know, and I'm like, well, we got a bigger problem than you trying to find a partner. You don't have a social life. It'd be, you're not out there and and you're isolating. And so I think here's the danger. We do have social needs. We, we do. I don't care if you're introvert, extrovert. We are social animals. And when you don't have much, many friendships and connections in your life, when you don't have even maybe two or three people that you connect with regularly and the people that know you, they know your struggles, they know what you're going through, they know what you're feeling. I'm not talking about acquaintances. Oh, I know a lot of people at work. No, I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm talking about people that are close to you, people that know you, right? When we all need that. We all want that. Okay, it's like that old theme song from the TV show Cheers, right? You want to go someplace where everyone knows your name. Well, I would say not just your name. You you want to go someplace where people know you, right? Now, extroverts may have a lot of those people. Introverts may not need a lot of those people, but we all need that. And when we don't have a social life, what happens is the importance of finding a partner becomes dangerously high. See, I need social connection. I need to be known. I want to be seen. I don't have any friends. I don't, I don't hang out with people. And so all of my belonging needs, all of my connection needs are going to be met in my soulmate. We put so much pressure on finding a partner because they are going to be my source of connection. 
They are going to be the one that sees me. They are going to be the one that knows my story. They are going to be the one that can support me, that can be my companion, that can walk with me through my challenges. You see, they become my all. And if you want to be an unattractive person in the world, make your life partner be your all. Because what I'm describing is a person who's needy, who's desperate. I'm lonely. I'm not disconnected. No one knows me. I don't have much of a social life. I need to find a partner. And there's so much pressure put on that. Do you follow me? It's like by not having a social life, by not having your own friendship circle, and I'm not talking acquaintances. I mean, people that really know you. Something going on, you could call up the phone, they'd be over at your house in a minute. Okay? I am an introvert. I don't have a zillion friends. I don't want a zillion friends. There's four or five people, though, that if I say, hey, Jim, I need you. Hey, Brian, I need you. Hey, Mark. Hey, Woody. Hey, Dave. They would be here in a second. They would do anything if I needed them. If I had a problem I needed to talk about. Let's have a beer. What are you doing tonight? I'll come over. Let's get on the phone. Right? When you don't have that, you then put all your eggs in the basket of finding a partner. And then you're in the world with that energy. You're in the world that I need you. I need you to fill a hole. I need you to fill a void. Do you get me? Can you be honest enough that that might be true of you? Which danger is yours? Are you dangerously busy to where, God, I I couldn't even date you because (laughs) you're just not available for a couple of months? Or would I be scared to death to get near you because you might glom on? You might spend every moment of every day with me because you got nothing else. Do you follow me? So there's some sort of balance here where we want to have room in our lives for someone, but we also have enough friends that I'm getting a lot of my emotional needs met from my friendships. Like I'm not lonely because I got a lot of friends. Now, a friend is not the same as a partner. I get that. I don't mean it just sexually. I really get there's a difference between your best girlfriend and a guy or your your buddies and a woman that really cares about you. I, I, I get it, right? But when you have siblings, when you have family, when you have a, a, a close circle of friends and you spend time with them, you see them, you go out with them. You call to check up on them. How are they doing? Because you know what's going on in their lives. You know what they're struggling about. When you have that, then when you're going on a date, there's not so much on the line. Oh man, this has got to work out because this is it. This is I. This is my source of connection. If this doesn't work out, oh, what the fuck am I going to do? Right? It's like, no, it's a date. Oh, they're cute. I really like them. I I hope it goes somewhere, but there's not that much at stake. Do you get me on that? Okay. 
So what, what danger do you fall into? Are you overcommitted and too busy? Or do you need to make some friends? Do you need to almost, maybe I need to forget about finding a partner right now. I just need, I need to get some friends in my life. I need, I need people in my life, not necessarily a partner. Okay. All right. Second, let's talk about your social life. And it, and it just dovetails perfectly with what I just said. Um, it's hard to make new friends. Let me just admit that. It's really hard. Um, I think there are two phases in our lives where we really begin to recognize this. The first is when we graduate college. Because when you're in college, making connections and socializing, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? Sororities, fraternities, you're in college, you're in class with people, you might have study groups. I mean, I played on a golf team, so all of my friends were, were golfers that, on the team, right? So it's like you're just surrounded by people. You have, to, you have to have an issue not to have friends when you're in college, you know, because they're everywhere. And then you graduate college and you might get a job and move, move away or go to, go to a new city or, or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, my God, um, it's not like shooting fish in a barrel anymore. I mean, it's, it's hard to meet new people. We're not in the same classes. We're not in the same organizations like it was in college. Okay? I'm going to come back to this in a minute. I'm going to give you some ideas from my son. My son is 29. And I never really realized this because I was in a golf community, right? I played golf in college. Then I turned pro. And a bunch of my buddies, we all turned professional. We traveled around the country trying to make our way onto the PGA Tour. So I've always been in this golf tribe. I didn't experience this social change from college to the workforce like my son has. Okay, so I'm going to come back to that. The other one is when you go through a divorce or a breakup of a long-term relationship. You know what happens when you're married is you hang out with couples, <laughs> right? You have a bunch of married friends. You're married. Your friends are all married and you might have dinner. You have dinner parties. You go to events with your friends, right? You, you, you are a couple. You hang out with couples and then you go through a divorce. And it's like, not only did I lose my spouse, but I felt like I, I lost my social circle. Not that they turned on me, but now all of my friends are married and I'm single. They don't want to go to a bar on Friday night. <laughs> you know, they, they don't want to do online dating with me and, and, and we can support each other. You know, and so you can go through a breakup and all of a sudden you lost your partner and your social, your social life. And so you could be 45, 50, 55 and be like, I, I need new friends. How do, damn, how do I do that? How, how do I get new friends? Or how do I find new friends? Now, if you are married and you're divorced, you can still be friends with some of your married friends. I'm not saying not, right? I'm just pointing out these are two phases of our life, post-college and post-divorce. 
that often people feel extra lonely in a surprising way. It's like, I, I never know. I didn't never, never thought if I went through a divorce that my entire social life would change. I, I never even considered that. And I think a lot of people coming out of college, they don't know any different and they get blindsided by the different social aspect of life when you're not in college. So what do we do here? Well, at some point, we just need to really get it in our bones that I have to take responsibility for my social life, that I need one. Even if I'm an introvert, it doesn't mean you don't need friends. It doesn't, doesn't mean you don't need social connection. You just might not need as many as some intro, intro, uh, extrovert. Okay. But you, you have to, you have to know that this is important for your soul. It certainly is important for you as a partner. Like I said, if you don't have much of a social life, you are going to come on too strong. You're going to try too hard. You're going to feel needy. You're going to feel desperate. You're going to push healthy people away. You can't help it because you're so craving human connection. So you've, you've got to come to the place and this maybe in 2024, I need to really work on my social life. I, I want some friends. I want people to know when I'm going through something and know that they care. I want to tell them I'm facing something later in the week and they're going to call me on Friday and say, how did that go? I remember you telling me you had an important meeting or you had a date. How did it go? Right? They know you. They're tracking with you and you're tracking with them. You have to, you have to maybe make the transition of like that. I, that's important to me. And I am not going to wait for it to happen. I'm not going to just pray for God to send me some friends. No, I'm going to go get friends. And you get that by recognizing that you are not alone in this. Everybody else out there is feeling isolated and separate. You aren't the only one that wants to have new friends. Most everybody wants new friends. Okay, I mean, you might meet an occasional person and say, I got plenty of friends. I don't need another one. <laughs> But you are not alone. People are people want friends like you want friends. So if you think about how can I make friends, you are going to be met with people who will respond to you. They will want to be friends with you because they're lonely and isolated too. So let me give you an example of this. My son is, like I said, 29. And... He's not as introverted as me, but he is on the introverted side. He's way more social than I am, but he's not like his mother. Okay, my first wife, um, I often joke with her, she could talk to a doorknob and have a great conversation. The woman go through, she could go through the grocery line at, you know, Publix or Jewel or whatever grocery stores near you and be best friends with the person that's running her groceries through the scanner. She has a way of making conversation. Like we, me and my ex-wife, this is maybe 30 years ago, we went on a cruise, okay? I didn't know if I liked them or not. I'd never been on a cruise. We went on a cruise. And I don't know if they still do this, but 
at the dinner times, there were tables of eight and you just sat at a table with all these other people. My ex-wife loved it. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. She knew she knew everybody. She knew their names. She knew their kids. She made conversation. She just lapped it up like a dog drinking water. Just lap, 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 lap it up. I wanted, I, I, I would have wanted you to strap a rock around my waist and throw me over the side of the boat. I, <laughs> I hated it. I did not want to learn about these people and their nasty kids, and I didn't want to know where they're from and what they do. I cannot stand small talk. I kind of wanted to say, tell me what you're addicted to, right? I want to know, what are you struggling with? What personality issue in your life is, is making your spouse want to divorce you? Like, give me something to talk about. I want to get into it, right? Which is why I'm in the job I'm in. Okay, but I don't like small talk and sitting with strangers and I've never been on a cruise again. I will never go again. Okay, <laughs> that's my ex-wife. My son is somewhere in between us and he got out of college and he was really having trouble because a lot of his buddies and girlfriends uh, in college, they got jobs and moved away. He stayed in the same town uh, from which he graduated college and a lot of he's still friends with them, but they're all over the country. And I give myself my son credit because he wanted a social life. He wanted friends. He also wants to meet a girl, a partner. And he he started doing things. He joined a kickball league. He played dodgeball. He's a pickleball fanatic. He joined a soccer league. He played beach volleyball, even though he lives in Birmingham. Some bar had a, a sand pit, and they would have beach volleyball games on Friday nights. He, in other words, he put himself out there. He, he, he did things that he enjoyed. He got involved in groups, and he did it to meet people. And so he'd join a kickball thing and then, you know, it's co-ed and all this kind of stuff. And he'd meet his teammates and they'd have fun together and let's go have a beer afterwards. And he got to know them. He made friends. He did something. He got involved in things. Now he's in his twenties. Okay. You could say, oh, well, he's 20. You know, there's a lot of those things and I can't play pickleball because I got a bad knee. All right, fine. But <laughs> you can be in your fifties and sixties and there's all kinds of things to do. Pickleball's physically pretty easy to do, but you can do yoga. You can go take dance lessons like I shared about recently. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do to get your butt out of your damn house and to go meet people doing things that you like to do. This is where last week's podcast and next, this week's kind of come together a lot of our purposes, things that we make us feel alive are, are things that we're interested in and our hobbies, our interests, maybe our purpose and, and, and our passion is not necessarily always our careers, but it's our art, our, our painting, our music, singing, spirituality. There's book clubs to join. There's meetup groups. There's all, there, you, you might be a wine aficionado. You join a wine tasting group or something, right? You've, you've got to make friends because one, that's probably where you're going to meet your life partner. 
And two, it's just good for your soul. Okay, so in our social lives, you got to get out there. And you don't want to do it the way I did it. I got out there by asking the question, not what do I like to do? Where do I want to go? What am I interested in? But where are the kind of women I want to meet? And I'm going to go do that, join that, be a part of that, even if I don't want to. Okay, that's, that's not it. Because now I'm doing something I really don't like to do and people, people will tell. You meet someone, they can tell that you're not really into this. You don't really like this. We don't really have something in common. You're just here to meet me. You're just here to meet someone. So if you're a guy, I would say, you know, join a yoga class. There's lots of women in yoga classes. Or go, go join a ballroom dancing. But not if you don't like yoga and not if you don't really want to learn how to dance. Right? Don't do it just to meet someone. That's just a weird energy. It's just do things you like to do. Join things that you have an interest in. Things that you're passionate about. And you'll make friends because you're meeting people who like to do what you do. Okay? Okay, so we talked about social dangers. We talked about social life. Now I want to talk about social skills. Okay? I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Neither one of those means you have social skills necessarily. So what I want to give you is that I'm going to give you two things that, how do I say it? People who are, have high social skills do these two things very well. So these are the two keys to being a person of, of high social skill. People that people feel like they can connect with you. They can talk with you. They can feel you, right? They can feel connected, right? Some people are really good at their social skills. They end up a lot of times in, as real estate agents or in sales. They're just good at social things. If you look closely at them, they are good at two specific things that no matter what your social skill level is, you can master these things. Okay? You might never be the the most like a real estate agent, you know, or like my ex-wife where you could talk to anybody and make a conversation. You might never be that good. You might never be the Tiger Woods of social skills. You don't need to be. You just need to be damn good. You need to be good at your social skills. So there's two skills that you've got to have. And the first one is genuine curiosity. Genuine curiosity. The primary social skill that you need if you want to find a life partner is your ability to be genuinely curious to get to know someone else. No, I'm not here to see if you have the qualities that I want in a partner. I'm not here to see if you're good looking and I feel chemistry with you. I'm not here evaluating your life and your lifestyle and how much money you make or kind of what you do and if you have kids or if you want kids. I, I'm not here to figure you out and to see if you're the person I want. 
No, I'm here because I'm genuinely interested in getting to know you as a person. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to figure you out. I'm not evaluating you. I am not interrogating you. In fact, I'm really not even thinking of you as a life partner. I'm here because we connected somehow and I'm interested. I'm attracted. And I genuinely want to get to know you. So that means I'm going to ask you questions. I'm Tell me about yourself. A great social skill is asking people questions. You know, not obsessively so. We just rattle them off one after another like it's some sort of job interview. <laughs> right? But it's your, I'm talking about your heart. Your heart. You are genuine. This is a human being sitting across from you. Whether or not they are your partner or your future doesn't matter. They're a human being with fears and frustrations and feelings and they have a story and they have a history and they have wants and they have dreams and I'm genuinely interested in getting to know you. You will not believe how attractive you become when you are genuinely from your heart curious about another person. Like you really care about me. Like you really want to know something about me. You're not interrogating me. You're not judging me. You're not checking off some, you know, boxes. You're genuine. You have no agenda. And you're seeking to understand. So a great question from that space would be, what are you passionate about? You know, like what, what makes you tick? What, what gives you the most joy in your life? What a great question that is on a first date. What gives you the most joy in your life? And you'll, you'll see their eyes open up. Like, and, and you've got to be like, I, no, I really want to know. <laughs> I'm not trying to say the right thing so you like me. No, no, I, I genuinely want to know. Chances are they're going to turn around and ask you the same question. See, now you're talking about something of substance, something that sort of matters to you. And now the conversation has some depth. It's got a level of authenticity, a level of revealing that's appropriate for a first date, but we're not on the surface and, you know, talking about your favorite sports team or something. I don't know, but maybe your favorite sports team is your source of joy. I don't know. But People that have great social skills are genuinely interested in knowing someone else's experience. What's your life like? Who are you? I, I want to get to know you. Again, with no agenda. Okay? If anybody feels an agenda, right, then it's a turnoff. But you meet a salesperson and you're like, well, they're asking me some really good questions. They, they, it seems like they are, they are interested in me, but they're just trying to sell me some shit. You know, they're just trying to get me to buy this car. They're just, you know, and you can, and it's like, ew, it's like, eh, right? But when they are selling something, you sort of understand. You sort of, okay, yeah, I I know that the person really doesn't want to have a beer with me and talk about what's going on in my life and his life. I I know we're not friends here, right? Um, He's trying to sell me. We're okay with that. But when you're on a date, man, if you've got an agenda, you're trying to get something, you're trying to figure something out. And, you know, then it just gets weird. 
You've, you've felt that. You've been in that chair, haven't you? When someone's kind of grilling you or you feel like it's all about them, all they're talking about is themselves, what they like and who they are. And they're, they're almost trying to sell themselves to you, right? And you're like, eh. But when a person feels genuinely interested in getting to know you, that's sexy as shit, okay? That's the first one. The second one, and it's really closely tied to it, is social skills. The second and most important one is your ability to be a conscious listener. So when you're genuinely interested, you're really listening. You're not listening for what you're going to say. You're not listening, kind of judging what they're telling you. You're being really fully present. And you're listening from the three centers of your being, right? You're listening from your head. You're really hearing what they're saying. You're hearing the words. You're, you're, you're not missing anything because you're in your own head telling yourself your own stories and planning on what you're going to say to them, right? You're really listening from your head what they're saying. But you're also listening from your heart where you're, you're, you're hearing their emotion. When you, when you ask a person and you're genuinely curious, you want to get to know them, they're going to tell you things and they're giving you facts, but they're also sharing feelings if you're paying attention. They'll be telling you and you'll notice that there's something that's giving them so much joy or something that's been challenging or frustrating or scary or disappointing or annoying. So when you're a conscious listener, right, you you are listening from your head center for what's being said, but you're listening from your heart and you're hearing the emotion that's coming. And then you're listening from the third center, which is your gut. Your gut is your instinctual level. And what you hear from that part of your body is you're hearing what they want. As they're sharing something with you, you know, you can hear if you're listening closely that they want, they want to be recognized or they want to be taken seriously or they want to be listened to or they want to be respected or they, you see what I'm saying? It's like, I could tell you a story about something going on in my life and you would hear the facts of it. Okay. So Roy is struggling with X, Y, or Z and I'm listening from my heart and he's frustrated about that. It's, 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 it, 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 Somebody hurt his feelings and he's kind of sad and kind of angry and this. And I think what he wants is he, he really wants someone to notice. He wants someone to notice his effort. He wants someone to notice, you know, that he's put some thought into it. He wants someone to notice he's smart or that he's been efficient at something or he's accomplished something. You, see, so whenever someone's talking to you, they are giving you facts, they are giving you feelings, and they are giving you a want. It's coming through their words, whether they know it or not. And you have great social skills when you can hear from all three of those. And then you can respond to them from those. Roy, Roy I heard you say this, and it sounds like you were really frustrated about that, huh? like you were really wanting them to respect you. See, when, when you do that, when you mirror back to me what I just said, on some level, it's almost like, yeah, you're, you know what? I never thought of it that way. Yeah. 
Thank you. It's like, in other words, you almost know me better than I know me. You want to talk about you're getting a second date? <laughs> when when I feel like you really heard me and you felt me and you you got me, right? When a person feels like they get me, you got them. What a great slogan that is for a relationship. If you if a person feels that you get them, you got them. And that's all about being a conscious listener. So how are you in those things? Do you need to work on your genuine curiosity and getting out of your own head and figuring people out? By the way, that's one of the dangers of having some list that you want in a partner, some list of qualities that every other coach tells you you're supposed to have that puts you in the mentality of I'm here to meet you to see if you check off these boxes. Ew, right? Drop the damn list. I'm here because you're a human being with a story and I would like to get to know you. And if you're like, no, I really don't want to get to know them like that, then you shouldn't be there. You only go meet people for dates, coffee dates, dinner dates, online dates. You only go on a date if you can honestly say, no, I really do want to get to know that person. There's something about them that I find interesting. I'm genuinely curious. You can't fake this, but you can Develop this as a social skill. You can do this with your friends, with family members. You can really work on sitting with someone and wanting to know them without judgment, without agenda. You can practice. And you need to work on your conscious listening skills. Most of us are good at the head level of listening. Or we're at least de- decent. If you had a conversation with someone and I said, so what would you talk about with that person? You probably could say what the subject was. You could probably say, here are the things that they told me about the situation. But if I said, how do you think they felt? What emotions did you hear? Mm, that might be harder for, for you. Do you follow me? You're like, well, I'm not really sure. Maybe they were sad. Maybe they were angry. I'm not really positive. And I said, what, what do you think they most deeply want that they're not getting or, or what they're seeking in that conversation they shared with you. Like, oh God, I, I have no idea what they wanted. <laughs> they didn't tell me. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. You just weren't listening. Anytime you talk with someone, they are telling you facts, feelings, and wants. It's there. But we don't pick up on it because we're so lost in our own heads. We're so worried about what we're going to say, the impression we're making. And so... We, we might be very extroverted, but we don't have good social skills. You might be someone who just talks and talks and talks and talks and nobody can get a word in edgewise and you think, oh, I'm so social. I'm a social butterfly. I have all these friends. And most of your friends behind your back are like, what a pain in the ass that person is. They never shut up. They never want to know about me. Okay? So don't equate social skills with extroversion. They are not associated at all. And don't equate introversion with a lack of social skills. Sometimes it's just the opposite. Okay. How can I help you with your social life? Okay. I'm a coach. I'm a relationship coach. I want to help you find your life partner. How can I help you in your physical presentation? I can help you to a degree. I'm not a personal trainer, but I can help you to a degree. 
How can I help you in finding a purpose and a passion in your life that makes you just interesting and attractive? I can coach you with that. How can I help you in your social life? You probably need help in these areas. I do. We all do. There's nothing wrong with saying I need someone to help me with that. I need some training, some coaching, some support, some guidance. That's what I'm here for. Reach out to me or at least get involved in the online boot camp I'm doing starting February 19th. Okay? All right. So next week, we're going to jump into a personality makeover. Even though you... Your personality is your personality and there's nothing wrong with it and you can't change it. There's probably something about your personality that is sabotaging you and we're going to get into that next week. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.